Today is Rose Sunday, or Laetare Sunday. Laetare being Latin for rejoice, as in Laetare Jerusalem, the first words of the introit, the chant that we heard at the top of the hour. It's the fourth Sunday in Lent, the one where we take a break from our penitential mood and allow for some refreshment. I'm assuming that many of you are like me, having the most Lenty Lent of your lives, one of solitude, prayer, and a deepened awareness of your mortality. So a little refreshment is in order. And so this morning, I don't want to talk about the anointing of David as king over Israel that we heard in the first reading. How Samuel sees Jesse's hunky son Eliab and thinks, surely this fine specimen is our new king, but then is admonished by God who proclaims, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, for the Lord does not see as mortals see. They look on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And so we are led to believe that finally, finally, it won't be the homecoming king or queen who are showered with adulation and attention that maybe just this once, the first one God picks for the basketball team will be the five foot five, chubby Mexican shepherd, always overlooked, but now favored. Until, of course, David saunters in and we are told he is ruddy and had beautiful eyes and was handsome and we are reminded again how things work as the homecoming king is anointed once more. I don't want to talk about that. Also, I don't want to talk this morning about Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, though it's lovely, a comforting psalm, and I've read it a number of times at last rites by a bedside, its promise of mercy and guidance through the valley of the shadow of death, a balm for these days of fear. I will humbly skip over it because, frankly, I lack the verbal dexterity to guide you convincingly from your anxious awaiting for the arrival of Italy and into green pastures where you may lie down and revive your soul. What I do want to talk about today is miracles. What strikes me most about today's gospel reading is that no one seems to see the miracle that has happened right before their eyes. Not the Pharisees so stuck on how Jesus broke the rules and worked on the Sabbath that the blind man's healing barely registers. Not the man's neighbors, who need to know how it was done and can't believe it's really him, who never stopped to say, glory be to God. And in a way, not even the blind man himself, stunned by this unasked for gift, his affect so low that we have to wonder whether the miracle has registered with him yet. Until his final words, all of his replies are, are clipped and devoid of emotion. Yeah, I was blind. And then the guy put mud on my eyes. I washed it off in the river. Now I see. Yeah, I, I don't know why. Thank you. Goodbye. Friends, I come to you this morning, the most minor of prophets, 
with a mere three words of advice for these parlous times. Open your eyes. Yes, there is a pandemic that is coming at us like a tidal wave. And God knows how we will meet it or what destruction it will leave in its wake. Yes, we are losing thousands of people. 800 died in Italy just yesterday alone. If the man in today's gospel reading was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him, as the text says, I cannot imagine the death of any one of these thousands being justified by some future revelation of God's works. So I reject that argument for these times. And I am sorry for high school seniors robbed of precious memories as their proms and graduations are canceled. And I worry for the elderly in care facilities locked up alone in their rooms for their own safety basically in solitary confinement, without visitors. And I fret over those who live paycheck to paycheck and now have no wages coming in, for those without health care, for our homeless and poor and those battling addictions. The concerns are endless. And you know, I get to speak them from a nice little apartment I share with the one I love. So what I'm about to say in no way balances out all the suffering already accruing around us. But open your eyes. Because it turns out that the miracles are right in front of us, and quite possibly always have been. For one thing, church is a miracle. I can't believe how much work it took to put this set together for you. It's a little miracle how we make church happen every Sunday with everything it takes. I now have such gratitude for every little thing the Altar Guild does to make our space look beautiful, how the lectors have rehearsed their reading ahead of time, the acolytes know their moves, the choir its tunes, Nicholas and his musical gifts, the smiles and steadiness of our ushers, the generosity and open-hearted faith that each of you brings to worship on Sundays. You are all so precious. And I guess it took your absence to remember that. Community is a miracle. We perform every Sunday. And I hope we never take it for granted again. Miracles abound. This from the BBC. They say that in Wuhan, after so many years of noise, you can hear the birds again. The sky is no longer thick with fumes, but blue and gray and clear. They say that in the streets of Assisi, people are singing to each other across the empty squares, keeping their windows open so that those who are alone may hear the sounds of family all around them. Yes, there is fear but there does not have to be hate. Yes, there is isolation, but there does not have to be loneliness. Yes, there is sickness, but there does not have to be disease of the soul. Yes, there is even death, but there can always be a rebirth of love. Carbon monoxide emissions in New York City have declined as much as 50% over typical levels 
and so it goes with many other cities. You know, I used to mock the people who posted on the next door site with their Mrs. Kravitz-like nosiness. Anyone know what's going on with all the cop cars on Los Gatos Road? And there's a coyote in my backyard. Yet those same people are filling the site now with offers to shop for the elderly, with helpful tips on where to buy supplies, with messages of support and encouragement. May my mocking be silenced forever. And the homeless woman who always stops by the church and annoys me to no end. Just the other day, she faced down a man who tried to steal two boxes that had been delivered outside our office door. Because we have taken care of her, she is taking care of us. May my annoyance with her be curbed forever. What are your miracles? And what are they teaching you to see now? Did you not realize how much you loved your son until you had to fight through canceled flights to get him home from college? Did you forget how delightfully disruptive your daughter could be in, until you had to homeschool her each day and discovered how much you loved teaching her new things? Did you never realize you had it in you to be gracious to your neighbors, the ones who, that you barely speak to, the ones who now smile at you as you dance your way around each other on the sidewalk to maintain social distance? Did you know that within the isolation of your elder care facility, the memory of your first dance, your first kiss, your proudest moment would visit you once more? In my own blindness, I, I have been a poor priest of prayer, sleeping in most days while William faithfully recited morning prayer at 6.30 a.m. Now, and I swear it was my own doing. I get up and officiate morning prayer on Facebook Live at 9 a.m. Monday through Saturday. And some of you are tuning in. I didn't even think twice about how much I love sleeping in. I just made the commitment. That's a miracle. And yesterday I received this message from one of you. Thank you so much for morning prayer. Despite the gravity of the situation right now, it has brought me a sense of spirituality I otherwise would not have known. I have never done morning prayer before and find it a wonderful way to start the day. God sometimes works in mysterious ways. Our eyes have been opened. Even though like the blind man, we didn't ask for this. Only now. Now that we have to be so very careful about every little thing, only now do we realize just how careless we have been all this time. And maybe these awful days have somehow, after all, brought little revelations of the glory of God. And while I would never wish death or suffering on a single human being, I also know that death has always been present. It's how we live that determines how we will face death when it does come. 
So don't lock down your soul. Your body may be on lockdown, but not your heart. May we never stop marveling at the miracles all around us. Choose to live, not in fear, but with as much joy as you can muster. Because it is a miracle that even as death was lurking on every gas pump, door handle, and in every cough, we chose to meet it by making churches in bedrooms, tuning in to watch, and making that tacit agreement that for these 60 minutes, we were community and nothing was going to stop us. We will lose more people to this virus, and some of us may lose loved ones. But if this thing comes for me, I intend to go down singing. May you stay healthy and safe, and may you keep on singing too.